They parked the unmarked cruiser in front of a two-story brick building that filled a busy corner on Tejon Street. Here and there, in the rows of windows that punctured the blank walls, potted plants, geraniums of the same bright red shade, sat on the white stone sills. They were probably all cloned from a single plant. Wager could remember his mother's kitchen window and the jars of cloudy water that held cuttings from a friend's geranium she'd admired. As a kid, he used to watch for the first tiny wisp of root at the ragged tip of the pale twig. And when the water was filled with a swirl of white roots like coarse bleached hair, he and his mother would gingerly transplant the fragile plants into wax paper cups filled with rich black earth. Then, when the scalloped leaves grew wide and dark with health, the plants would be set out in the warm sun of late spring to form an avenue along the entry walk. Here, where there were no walks, the red flowers perched in the windows like bright targets in a shooting gallery. The desk was vacant, the lobby almost bare. It had a tired, worn feeling, but it was reasonably clean. Wager had seen much worse. High in a corner, a silent black-and-white television with an ill-adjusted horizontal hold slowly rolled its image frame by frame over the screen. A couple of naugahyde chairs, sagging and wrinkled from too much use, faced the grainy screen. On the stained plaster beside an old-fashioned mirror was a large poster of a Hispanic youth in a black beret wearing some kind of olive-drab uniform. He clenched his fist against a threatening red glow, and under the figure, raw brushstrokes spelled a black, Vinceremos. Everybody's on a crusade, said Wager. Yeah? Well, some of these people, that's all they have, Gabe. They're alienated from society's normal avenues of change, and their traditional family values are breaking down. Wager never liked it when Axton talked like a goddamned sociologist, one of those people who made up labels for everything and understood nothing. Sure, man. That's why we off the pigs when we're deprived of offing each other, man. Max's large head wagged, but he didn't push it. He'd been Wager's partner long enough to know the smaller man didn't like to hear excuses for criminal behavior. And to Wager, the word family meant only the Denver Police Department. What room's she in? asked Wager. 203. His partner had never said much about it, but Axton knew Wager's divorce had put a lot of distance between him and his own family, especially his mother, who had liked Wager's wife. And the death years later of Wager's longtime girlfriend, Joe Fabrizio, hadn't left many people in Wager's world. Maybe this new woman, city council person Elizabeth Voss, was helping. His partner had been dating her for half a year now, and what little Max had seen of the woman he liked. And apparently Wager did too. He wasn't the kind of man to spend any time with anyone he didn't like. Wager had met her on the Councilman Green homicide, and at the time Max had thought they didn't like each other. But then Max had to admit Wager wasn't the easiest guy to get close to. You had to understand his compulsion to do the job better than anyone else a textbook case of overcompensation for the insecurity Gabe felt at growing up half Anglo, half Hispanic.
You just had to understand those things, and when you did, you could see Gabe was good people. And there was no one at all that Max would rather have back him up in a tight spot. You could trust the man, and that's what Max told his wife whenever she got going about his partner.